Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, fellow film nerds, to another installment of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. This week, my buddy Mike is still outworking the poor bastard. He's working over his weekend, but he's taking his precious time away from drinking and hanging out on the beach to record a podcast. So, Mysterious Mike, how's it going? Really good, Matt. I am taking some time, but, uh, you know, it's it's worth it. Uh, I definitely enjoy talking about movies. Can't wait to talk about this one. We got a pretty damn killer movie this week, don't we? Yes, I, I think we do. This is this is a this was a great movie. It's it's really nice to see this uh, more of an original idea coming out of Hollywood. Um, although I love the comic book movies, but I'm there's there's tons of those and there's there's lots of sequels. But it's good to see some original movies coming out. So if you can't tell just based on that little synopsis, Mike spit out. We're talking about a horror movie, a thriller, a drama called A Quiet Place. Mike, you want to uh, give us the rundown on A Quiet Place? Uh, Absolutely, Matt. Uh, In the modern horror thriller, A Quiet Place, a family of four must navigate their lives in silence after mysterious creatures that hunt them by sound threaten their survival. If you hear them, they hunt you. Or if they hear you, they hunt you. Uh, this is starring uh, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, and it's directed by John Krasinski. Well, I personally loved, loved, loved the idea of this movie, the format of it, the creativeness. I thought it was refreshing and just amazing. Just incredible. What do you think, Mike? Yes, man, I agreed with you. Um you know, I know it's a little early to talk about the ratings, but this is going to be my highest rating yet on the, the real film nerds. Uh, this movie was just great. We can always change it up and just tell ex- them exactly what we're going to rate it from the start and then roll into it if you want. I don't have a problem with that. No, I think we're going to, I think we should keep it the same format that we've got, kind of, you know. Keep our, um, our four listeners in suspense. Yes, I believe there are five. five. Five solid five solid listeners. Five. Okay, so we got my mom. We got my buddy Patrick down in Phoenix that works for the Republic. We got uh, uh, Matt Santos, who uh, I don't know if he actually listens, but he definitely downloads them. And so her, who are the other two, Mike? Well, for sure, my fiance is listening. Well, that's good. I'm glad that she's getting involved. Uh, other than that, I... Know. Well, you said five. We got one more. Is like one of your friends out there listening, or is uh, maybe you leave it running during the day so that people walking by on the street can hear it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. What I usually do, I go out to the beach and I bring my Bluetooth speaker and I just play our podcast out loud and I just kind of hope that everybody absorbs it. Oh, that's awesome. I like that. That's a good idea. Now, now, when you say beach, do you mean like an actual beach? Or do you mean like the beach here in Arizona where it's never-ending beach and you never see the ocean? I think it's a little bit of both. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> so, as you can tell, folks, the uh, cough cast has returned for the... Uh, hold on. I want the exact number right now. I think it was 11. 
but uh, it might be more than that now. Um, let's see. Uh, the 13 people that listened to last week's episode with uh, my good buddy Matt Santos, host of the Mouse High Show, where we talked about Pee-wee's Big Adventure in our first round of Legacy Cast. Clearly, the 13 people that listened to it loved it because I didn't get any hate mail from it. Or any positive mail, but I would say they probably loved it. So I think we're going to have to continue the legacy down the road, Mike. That sounds like a good idea. I think we could really enjoy uh, talking about some of our older movies that, you know, are either really, really well done or just have a special place or for whatever reason we, we choose, you know, whatever, I guess. Well, Pee Wee Herman was kind of fun. Because that was like one of my favorites as a kid. You know, Santos was just over and we literally were just going through Netflix. And he's like, oh man, what about this one? And we just started it and snowballed into a, a nice, fun little podcast where we just talked about ourselves constantly. And eventually talked about the movie. <laughs> nice. Uh, Matt, uh, I guess you kind of have some allergies so you might have a few coughs or something in, in this podcast so oh yeah i'm just gonna yeah. apologize in advance for for matt he says he has allergies could be some kind of sickness i don't know i always wonder are you talking about my mental sickness because that is never going to go away and i don't think that makes me cough no 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 it's not like it's not like the doctor you know when you see him once a year no, that's not true. I see a doctor freaking all the damn time, and it drives me bananas. I literally have to go see a doctor every other month. It's such bullshit. But anyways, that's another story. Well, so, they got to get their, their fees, man. Oh, yeah, they got to get their fees. They got to put me on more drugs, you know, and they're not even good drugs. Like, if they were good drugs, I'd be okay with it, but they're not. They're drugs that, like, I have to take to try and fix shit that's wrong in my body. Whatever. Just give me the good stuff. Give me some Vicodins, some Percocets. I'll chase it with a couple beers. But no! Well, Matt, I think we should uh, get back to the oh, movie. okay. Sorry, sorry. We, we, I'll get back on really, track. Yeah, we really did like this movie quite a bit. This yeah. is not we, the Mile High Show. We need to talk about movies. Yes. All right. So, Mike, A Quiet Place. I personally am a huge fan of John Krasinski. I loved him in The Office. I don't know anyone that did not love him in the office. If they're out there and they exist, please email us. That's nerds at realfilmnerds.com. That's R-E-E-L. So, Mike, right. what you, what'd you think? Let's go. Let's go. Let's get this going. Well, uh, so I have a bit of a confession to, to make, Matt. You, did, I you didn't not, actually see it, did you? No, I haven't watched The Office. So What? You are only- a godless human being. Godless. Well, it's it's real film nerds, not real film and TV show nerds. Yeah, I know, but that's that's the nerd part would cover the office. Huh? So I yeah, I guess so. maybe maybe I thought it was too much of like a real real life, like my life. But a- anyway, you know that's that's a very good possibility. I have not seen it, um, but I have seen uh, John Krasinski in. Uh, I just saw him in that movie, uh, Thirteen Hours. Uh, about the um, Benghazi. Yeah, Benghazi. You just saw uh, that movie? I love that movie. I saw that in the theaters, man. I was yeah. 
Again, you didn't see The Office. I saw it. Coming off The Office, it was surprising to see a guy that is clearly a hardcore physical and verbal comedian play such a really solid hardcore action role, drama action role. I thought it was I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I thought that movie was really well done. Uh, it's it's a Michael Bay movie, but uh, it wasn't as Michael Bay. It's that's kind of like a verb. Yeah. Not as um, Michael Bay-y. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> not quite so, as many explosions or transformers. Yeah, Michael Bay has this thing where he always does the spinning camera, and there's usually this pop, beautiful woman running in slow mo. He didn't do that in this movie. There were explosions. I don't think I remember any spinny things, but he did have like one like um, like point of view uh, like artillery shell falling in yeah i um, thought that was pretty cool the mortar yeah 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 oh yeah mortar yeah, yeah uh but other than that now when super hot chicks run is it always in slow-mo because i've seen some super hot chicks but they're usually never running um i don't know i think in michael bay's world in his mind every hot chick runs in uh slowly from like disasters i don't know I don't know. Like I, I think of all the Transformer movies. Let's see. I see, think I try not in, to think about the Transformer movies at all. Even even Bad Boys, or I don't think there was a scene like that in The Rock. Although there was a lot of great, like The Rock. Is, oh God, dude, we got to do that movie. That's both of one of our favorite movies of all time. Oh, we have to yeah. do The Rock. Yeah, we, we have to. Yeah, we probably will do The Rock. But that was the Michael Bay movie. Oh yeah, car chase, explosions. Yeah, that that was Michael Bay. Yep. All right, so Quiet Place, Mike. I I really liked it. It was it was so good. Um there's, there's I know a you're few... a huge fan of Emily Blunt. Did that yeah. factor into your decision? No. I mean, uh she of course did really great. She she's a really good actress. Um she kind of can go all over the place cuz I loved her in Edge of Tomorrow. It was like this action, beefy role. Yeah, but then that was great. Her, her next movie was like um, something on a train. Uh, oh, what is it? Um, Snakes on a plane? No. <laughs> Matt, you're distracting me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it was uh, ah, the girl on the train. And in that movie, she played a completely different... Are you serious? Diff- you, you're like... We're like, it's a movie about a, that girl on a train. And you're like, oh, it's a girl on a train. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the mo- sorry, the I'll name- stop distracting you. Yeah, the, the, the name of the movie is The Girl on the Train. And oh, no, I just so said. You just forgot the. Yeah, I forgot the. <laughs> she, um, she played a totally different character, more of an introvert, uh, alcoholic character who's it's kind of losing her mind, getting paranoid about some stuff that she thinks she saw or didn't see. And you're just like, wow. Cause I just like the last movie that I remember seeing her in before that was, um, edge of tomorrow. Oh, and then she was in Sicario. Oh, Sicario dude, that was amazing. I love that Sicario movie. is such an intense movie, but she did really well with that. Like she's, she's really versatile. And, uh, I feel like she can, tackle any role much like this movie like i don't know if you saw it on facebook but pretty much almost immediately once i got out i hardly ever post on facebook about 
my movie reviews and things because I know we're going to do the podcast and I'm trying to steer everyone to go and listen to our podcasts that are my friends or that call themselves my friends on Facebook. But I had to post like almost immediately when I got out of A Quiet Place. I was like, one word describes this whole entire movie. And that word is intense. Yeah. I mean, it was just wow. Yeah, I'd say within the first six minutes of the movie, you kind of understand that it's going to be very intense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, when you went and saw it, this is a this is a major factor for those of you who have not seen it. Were there a lot of distractions and noise and things when you went and saw it? Or was it pretty much like you could hear a rat fart in the theater? Uh, it was pretty quiet uh, in my theater. There was only a couple people. I happened to see the late show just this last Thursday. So there wasn't very many people there. Well, I, like you, saw the late show. The latest show I could muster. They had one later, but I was like, no, I, that's just too late. I specifically went to the late show because I had a coworker, uh, my buddy DJ. He saw it almost immediately after it came out. I'm not sure if he saw it when he was you know, on vacation or out doing something, whatever. Anyways, he saw it before I did, which usually never happens. I usually am the first one in the office to see uh, most movies. But he said, do yourself a favor and try to go to one where there's not going to be a lot of people and there's not going to be a lot of noise because he's like, here's an example. He picked up like a sh- piece of paper and he just like crinkled it. He's like, this will ruin the movie. And I totally understood after I saw it what he meant because it was just edge of the seat, just pure silence. And I think the sound in the movie, not the music, the sound of the movie is its own character. Yeah, the, the the sound design in this movie is perfect. Yeah, if it doesn't get nominated for something, I'm going to be disappointed because it was it just incredible. I know he hated the movie because 80% of it is almost complete silence. Well, not complete silence. There's no talking through 80% of it. And I yeah, thought that was a great way to tell a story. Yeah, there's sign language and things, but yeah. Yeah, there's there's no no talking. So, what was your favorite part of the movie, Mike? I, I, I think I think the uh, the the scene. Remember, with people, Blunt, we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. Just putting it out there. The the scene with Emily Blunt in in the the bathtub. It's it's so intense. I, I think that was my favorite. That that was a very very good scene. I personally, again, we're going to spoil the shit out of stuff. I really <laughs> like the end. When uh, John Krasinski sacrificed himself to save his family, or specifically his kids. I thought that was just amazing, amazing storytelling. That this father has done everything he can to this point to try and protect his kids throughout almost two years. And nothing really major has happened other than at the very beginning when his youngest gets, you know, taken for being a fucking moron. But... He's done all this, and still, no matter what he has done, it wasn't enough. And he ended up having to sacrifice himself to keep his kids alive. And that leads to them finding out their weakness and all that stuff and being able to, you know, actually kill one. I just loved, loved that part. Even though it's horrific and sad, I thought it was just, the the meaning behind it was just fantastic. No, I agree, Matt. It's, uh, you know, I this movie is so original because, you know... There's not very many movies where pretty much the main character dies. 
you, they always seem to live through whatever, you know. Or if they do die, you're for sure going to know it, like going into it. This this movie is not predictable. It's it's. Eh, it was, I don't know, man. The 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 yeah. predictability of Emily Blunt being pregnant that was fucking predictable. Oh, hey, well, she's going to have a kid at some point, and you know it's going to be when the monsters are around for sure. Well, <laughs> that yeah, was I guess predictable. I'm sorry, that, it was that. Yeah, that was predictable because of the the trailer too. The trailer kind of gave that away, but yeah, that's true. They had to advertise it somehow and whatever. Um, I'm actually really impressed that how well it did. Well, it just shows you that people are not as dumb as you know Hollywood thinks they are. That's what I think. Yeah, maybe that's true because the it opened with like fifty million dollars or so, I think, and that was yeah, fifty million dollars. 200,000 opening weekend. Well, that's awesome. You have an original idea. You have a really original story. It shows that people are going to go and see it. It doesn't need to be another superhero movie. Granted, it's not going to make the big movie execs billions of dollars, but it's still, people are going to be talking about this for years to come. Yeah, and the budget for this movie was only $17 million. So they made all their money back. They made more than double in one weekend. So everything else is gravy, man. This is awesome. This is great for him. Do you realize that this is also not John Krasinski's first time directing and writing a movie? No, I did not know that, man. This is technically his third time directing. What were his first two? Do you know? He directed three episodes of The Office, three of the funniest episodes of The Office. Oh, nice, nice. That's actually probably a good way to kind of learn how everything's done kind of doing your own like on a show that you act on and you're kind of familiar with a lot of stuff but like changing your role he did a movie in 2009 that i have to say i've never seen it's called brief interviews with hideous men (laughs) i have not seen that one either it's a comedy to be expected he also directed the haulers which came out in 2016 now i never saw that movie I've never even heard of that movie, but again, it's another comedy. So this is his first time directing what I would call a thriller. People are calling it a horror movie. I would not call it a horror movie at all. It is a thriller. It is not scary whatsoever. In my opinion, it has lots of jumping parts, but that doesn't mean that it's a horror movie. It's a thriller. No, I I, I think it's not a... I think they're just calling it a horror because there were these creature things yeah the aliens yeah the aliens i don't think it's i would say i agree with you it's a thriller it's yeah it keeps you on the edge of your seat it's it's definitely a thriller so what do you think about the uh cinematography i thought it was really well done really see i go the other i go the other way with it i thought the cinematography was it wasn't incredible it wasn't bad I'd put it in like the B minus area. It was it was decent, but nothing earth shattering. Yeah, just middle of the road for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, maybe the lower budget. Well, I don't know if it was so much that. It's just some of the scenes were very interestingly shot and shot well. The bathtub scene being over the bathtub was good. You know, not sh- actually showing her give birth. Which thank thank you, John, for not doing that. Thank you very much. But showing the bathtub full of blood afterwards, 
oh man oh to get into some of the problems we ha- i have with it personally because yes folks this movie is not perfect all right matt let's hear him you, you I, I i know you have some problems well, I have more problems than most of our listeners want to hear or know about or have time to hear, but the problems I have with the movie... Yes. <laughs> those um, problems, man. Those problems. On, on track. Yes, sir. The problems I have with the movie is, one, when she's giving birth. I mean, she literally like pops a child out in like 15, 20 minutes. Now, granted, in, the, in real time, it probably was really like two or three hours, but even then, two or three hours for a childbirth is unheard of. That is not realistic. And then the child did not go batshit crazy after she popped it out, which it should have. Maybe it did, and we just didn't see that part, and that was the part when the fireworks were going off. But how long could those fireworks realistically go off? Maybe 15 minutes tops if you're lucky? Come on. Yeah, well, eh, I mean, so let's think about this here. I know I'm we're getting both, I'm getting really anal about it, but we're 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 both males. We haven't experienced childbirth or, or all that it entails. Thank God. And yes, uh, unless you've had kidney uh, kidney stones, then that's the closest us males get if you pass it. Anyway, and I will pass on those. The movie. So this would be her fourth child that she will be. Giving birth to yeah theoretically in the movie, right right, yeah, right? Yeah. theoretically so so they they I from what I hear now this is all this is all hearsay from what I hear from uh, people who uh, have had multiple children is it gets easier the more that you've had them there might be some truth to the fairly quickness in it as long as there's no complications which of course. There could be millions of complications. But since it's a movie, there's no complications. So basically what you're saying is that, ladies out there, if you want to experience a less painful childbirth, you need to have many, many children. Didn't say any of that. What I said is, it could be faster. I didn't say it was going to be less painful. It could be faster. This This is what I've heard before. This is not uh, factual in any way. Well, Michael, you're the one that has friends here, uh, probably female friends that have had children. So I don't know. I don't have those. Oh, all right. So, okay. What problems, what problems did you have with the movie? Cause I know you had problems too. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, the opening scene, which I really like it, it sets the tone of the movie, which is pretty much why it's probably there. But in a world where they start and pretty much they know that they can't, have anything that makes noise or do anything. The youngest kid immediately grabs something. I feel like it knew that it was going to make noise. I don't know. Well, but he is a young kid. So maybe he just doesn't give a shit about consequences. I don't know, man. But like, I just felt like, really? I don't know. Yeah, it was an important part to tell the story. But I I, I know. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, it... Yeah, it it sets the tone of of what uh, what this world is like. But man, I was just like, really? But you gotta admit, when that kid got fucking taken out, that shit was awesome. No, it was. You're- Boom, he's gone. It was like it was like a football player hitting a four year old. You know? 
Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, no, you're right. It was. Uh, it was intense. That was nuts. Super intense. You really did sum the up, up the movie perfectly. But just intense. Another problem that I have. I don't know if this is so much what I would call a problem or bad storytelling or just I want to know more. Is when uh, Krasinski's up on top of the corn silo and he's lighting that fire off. And you can see in the distance that there's like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten other fires that are being lit off too. Well, clearly, Krasinski is signaling those other people saying, we're still here, we're still good. And those other fires are other people that are still alive in this world. Why aren't we seeing more of them? Now, we did see, you know, a couple in the movie, and that was very a, a very poignant part and interesting to show it. I, I still, I would like to know more about these other people. Like, do these other people go to town too? Do they have sand all over the place? Like, how have they survived? You know, do, do they go over for game night? Yeah. No, I, I, you know, yeah, that's true. I agree, Matt. I think it's just to let you know that they're not the only ones and maybe they follow similar protocol i mean i doubt there'll be a sequel to this i hope there's not really but oh dude they're already in the talks about it they're talks in talks uh from what i was reading in some reviews and things that they're in talks of possibly doing either a sequel or a prequel but uh krasinski will not be involved with it at all he has moved on he told the story he wanted to tell and that was it yeah which is good but you know the movie studios they want to make as much money off a cash cow that they see they can yeah they want to they want to milk it right well matt i i i have to diverge a little bit because i think we're getting close to time yeah we're getting close we can we can keep going for a few minutes over like last week but let me guess you want you want to know my rating of it no i want to tell you you want to tell me your rating oh wow michael is taking charge this week no, 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 no. First, I want to talk about how this relates to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, damn it. I keep forgetting. See? Santo screwed me up last week. Damn it. So. Okay. How does this movie relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because I have absolutely no idea. Hold on. Hold on. Let's break for a minute. Let's roll in the music. All right, go ahead, Mike. Okay, so the I had to search real hard. So this is not the exact Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is this has to do with uh, Logan and Wolverine. But again, with the loophole of Disney buying Fox, that is all now going to become the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, so the composer on this movie, Marco. Bellatrani, I probably spelled that, said that wrong. Um, he did Logan, and he did The Wolverine, and he also did Fantastic Four. But isn't Fantastic Four under Fox, or is that yes. back to Marvel? 
it is coming. The another Fantastic Four movie is coming since Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney now owns Fox, which owns Fantastic Four. They will be doing a new Fantastic Four movie, and let's pray to God. Everyone pray now that it is not a hot, steaming pile of garbage that all the other Fantastic Four movies have been. Yes, let's let's definitely pray for that, Matt. But, uh, so I had to reach kind of deep for this one, because there's not a lot of people in this movie. This is a fairly oh, there's like simplistic... there's people. Yeah. Yeah, this is a fairly simplistic movie. But uh, I did find something, so... I was happy about that. Dude, that and is then, awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Now, I will let you, Matt, roll into your rating. Oh, oh! so now you want me to roll into the rating. So, well, yeah. you're just going to say, just roll into the rating, Matt. Not Matt, what, what do you rate this film? How many reels do you give it, sir? Well, Matt, I personally enjoyed this film. I saw lots of flaws in it. Not lots of flaws. Minimal amount of flaws. But there still were some. I, I really enjoyed it because it was extremely creative. It was very good storytelling, which I've said multiple times now. I give it a solid three and a half reels out of five. Oh, very nice, man. All right, Michael. So you said this is the highest rating you've ever given on this show. And I know exactly what ratings you've given. I have a pretty good guess on what it is. What do you rate this movie, Mr. Mysterious Mike? Well, Matt, I'm going to go with four reels. Wow. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's flaws. You know, I guess I can overlook them. I, or I did. I just, I enjoyed this movie, man. I, I know it's so quiet and it's so different. Like, I enjoy just feeling the movie. Like, you feel that intensity. Like, I... I want everyone to watch this in the theater because I don't think you'll get that same intensity if you watch it at home because you're not as isolated and you're not, you're not, uh, you know, I mean, you could have your cell phone going off and you can have the dog asking you questions. The, the, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So I, I, I think you should definitely see this in a, in a movie theater to experience just the isolation. The, uh, it was so good. Yeah, this is definitely a must for the theaters and try to go to one a showing where there's not a lot of people. Just really see what you can do where there's not a packed house or if it is a packed house, it's a lot of people that really want to see this movie. Cuz if not, it'll ruin it for you. It really will. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be the hecklers, man. I could see how that would be. So I'm glad that I was able to see it in a very sparsely packed theater. So like I think if you went and watched this on a an evening during the week, you'd be fine. Just not Friday, Saturday. The one thing I really miss and would like to have seen in this movie, and it's one of the things that they're probably going to do in a sequel or prequel like they were talking about, is I would like to see where the aliens came from and how they got to Earth. Now, after the movie came out, I believe it was on the Empire podcast, uh, Krasinski was interviewed and he explained everything about the aliens and how they came to earth and where they came from and why they're armored and all this stuff because he being the writer of the film as well had a whole backstory for the aliens and how they came to be and all that stuff so i would like to see some more of that personally just to add to it i mean having the film start on day 89 i wasn't a huge fan of it but i understand why they did because you know all the people are gone and things but there's the other one. Where'd all the people go? Did the aliens choke all the people down or 
Maybe that's what they do. I don't know. Because you never see what happened to the body of the kid. You only see what happened to the body of that old lady that got cut up and the, the man. They clearly just left him. Yeah. So even though they were in a small town in the movie, there would have been bodies all over the place. Yeah, I I think it's kind of like... But again, um, I'm just getting nitpicky. Yeah, I think it. I think part of the reason I like this movie so much, Matt, is it reminded me of Signs. Which oh, I dude, big love. time for sure. Oh, Signs was great. Love Signs. Yeah, it's the story of like one family. Yeah, it's 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 very their experience, right? It's not anything else. It doesn't like in Signs. They don't explain much. I mean, there's a couple like little things where they're watching TV. Not much. They just their experience. Yeah, and that's also, you know, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. You know, so he always has a fascinating story to tell and how he tells it. I think people, one of the reasons why is most, you know, modern movies have flopped is because people are just kind of tired of it now. They want to see something else, but who knows? Maybe he'll come out with something great again. I enjoyed his last two movies, the one uh, about the grandkids. I haven't seen that, so hold I'll on, have to look at that. Hold on, stand, stand by, man, stand by. Yeah, no problem. Okay, so the last the last two movies he made was um, this movie called Split, the multiple oh, personalities. Oh God, he did Split. I didn't realize that Split was so good. Yeah, it was oh, really good. that movie was so good. And then he did The Visit, which is the little kids going oh, yeah, to visit I Grandma. Seen that. You should see that. That's a real low budget movie, kind of like this one, where it's just just two. Basically, I think there's four people in the movie. That's it. Four actors. Huh. And it's so it's, awesome. oh, it's almost like a one man play kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Super low budget and it it's intense. Oh, it's intense, dude. I'll have to check that out for sure. Well, all right, Michael. Do you have anything else you want to add to this week's review of A Quiet Place? No, I don't think I have anything to add. I, I'm just uh I'm happy to be back uh this week and uh, look forward to future reviews me too buddy me too it's always nice being able to talk to you once a week i really like that it's kind of nice even though we just talk about movies it's a blast i like it i like it a lot so on that note folks thank you all for joining us again for another rousing edition of real film nerds go out and see this movie seriously i agree thank you for listening to the real film nerds now don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at real film nerds now go out and catch a movie